You're listening to Precinct 444, a podcast network from the National Law Enforcement Museum. Today, we're bringing you an episode from Lifeline, offering a holistic wellness approach focused on supporting American law enforcement, promoting resilience, safety, and survivability. Welcome to our third and final episode, Inside the National Traffic Safety Summit. So far in the series, we've heard presentations made during the first ever National Traffic Safety Summit held at the National Law Enforcement Museum in July 2022. Today's conversation brings personal insights and reflections on the summit from our Officer Safety and Wellness team. Let's hear from Troy Anderson, Executive Director of Officer Safety and Wellness, and Nick Brule, Senior Project Manager. All right, Nick, now that the uh, National Law Enforcement Traffic Safety Summit is in our rear view, uh, you know, as we're we're thinking about some of those lessons learned and and the takeaways that come from that, what do you think are some of the successes that came from that summit? You know, I, I really think that for me, one of the big successes was getting all those people together in the same room. And I know we've mentioned it before, but it it really bears repeating. Um, This is an unusual circumstance when you are able to get all of these experts from not necessarily different disciplines, but from different organizations, to be sure, Mm -hmm. together in one room to talk about an issue. And then to really come up, and and it was good to see that so many of the speakers agreed on virtually everything that was discussed or, or... uh, you know, had the same ideas about what needed to be focused on and what the problems were. So I think that was very encouraging. And I think that's one of the bigger successes of the summit was that we helped define what the issues were. But not only that, you know, we came away with some solutions or at least some strategies that agencies need to look at. And um, there were some very strong recommendations made by our speakers, Gordon Graham, Tom Durlam, uh, Todd Lease, almost every speaker had a had a major point that they wanted to drive home, whether it be about um, seatbelts or um, uh, uh, body armor or about making sure that we stop these driver's side, left-hand side approaches um, and go to a right side passenger approach. So I think there's a lot of information. You know, we 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 published the report not too long ago, and you can find that on our website. Uh, and I think in that report, it really details sort of those main 10 takeaways that were identified with some insights from each one of those speakers. So, you know, for me, the the summit really was a success on those those levels of getting everybody in the same room to discuss a problem and then being able to push out actionable suggestions and solutions for how we can reduce roadside crashes and struck by crashes. I agree. You know, it's it's funny, you know, you, you brought up, uh, you know, this really was a first of its kind uh, bringing together of, of the greatest minds in traffic safety. And one of the one of my takeaways from this was was honestly the fact, like you said, was that so many people agreed. And I really thought that people coming from so many disciplines, even though like minded and, and of course, everybody trying to uh, achieve the same goal of traffic safety. But I would have thought that there would have been 
differing opinions and to have so many people come together uh, and agree on so many different topics, I just thought was, you know, it was sort of like, I think that really helped drive the point home to the audience and to the, you know, certainly the viewers that were watching it uh, virtually. And, and one of those, one of those things is, uh, you know, what Gordon Graham kept going back to, and that's if it is predictable, it's preventable. And all of those things very much, I don't want to say all, that's a broad brush, but many of the things that we were talking about are preventable. And, and, you know, you talked about, you know, the positioning of vehicles and TIMS and passenger side approach and, and lighting and uh, wearing reflective vests and even wearing your soft body armor. Uh, you know, I, I can recall uh, an incident that I was involved in many years ago when I was a younger trooper and I was trying to arrest a, a DUI subject who, who took off with me sort of hanging out of the vehicle and then crashed into another vehicle and I injured my back. But um, you know, it was it was very clear that had I not been wearing my protective armor, the injury to my back would have been substantially worse. So, you know, I think that if it is predictable, it's preventable. And and those messages that were going out, I think, were so profound uh, that it. I think it really caused a number of people to begin a conversation that I hope is continuing. Uh, and then to to be able to bring in people like Senator Dick Durbin and and uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth, and to have Val Demings come in and take the time out of her very busy schedule to come and address these these topics to really open the day and open the minds of the people that were in there and saying, listen, your government supports you. We support you. We understand that this is, you know, far too many lives have been lost to traffic events. And, uh, you know, this is really a, a coming together of the best of the best. And, you know, it just was it was such a great day. I I, I knew it would be a great day, but in the end, I think it was even better than anybody could have expected. Yeah, I, I agree. And we got a lot of good feedback. You know, we did send out surveys and uh, the feedback we received from the surveys was overwhelmingly positive. Um, and since the summit, um, members of a uh, regional uh, traffic safety organization that's, I think, based in Pennsylvania, but is really a mid-Atlantic regional traffic safety group, has now taken the um, flame, if you will, or the torch and are carrying it forward and planning to have another summit. Um, and they're going to host it in May of 2023. It will be hosted in Maryland. And uh, they're putting together those core components. But again, one of the major focuses of this is preventing roadside crashes, particularly on crash scenes when people are driving on the highway. They're not slowing down and moving over. Uh, they're not paying attention. They're looking at their phones. And, and as we've seen hundreds of times now, they're rear-ending patrol cars, hitting tow crane operators, crashing into fire trucks. And some of these things are, you just wonder how they occur. How can people be so oblivious on the roadway? But it clearly is a problem. And, and this other group that is Todd Lease from the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission is part of it. He's he's one of the driving forces behind picking up the mantle and carrying it forward so that the conversation continues. And one big part of that conversation is, okay, we got law enforcement. We're going to bring fire. We're going to bring towing and recovery into this. Who else do we need? Who else needs to be part of this conversation? So our summit has sort of blossomed into, I think, drawing in more 
people who are affected. And, and you know, I, I mentioned in the summit that we had members of the National Transportation Safety Board who traditionally investigate aircraft, train, and large motor carrier crashes, right? Transportation mm -hmm. tragedies where a plane has crashed. But they're looking at this epidemic of roadway struck by crashes. And they're 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 now a part of the conversation. And so on that level, I really think the summit was was very successful. I agree with you. And and one of the one of the pieces that came out of this for me is one of our panelists, Sheriff John Wetzel, who who always provides such terrific information, who's been involved in this vocation for five decades, uh, had approached me afterward and asked me to travel to Oklahoma to speak to the Oklahoma Sheriff's Association, which I'll be doing. I'll be traveling out there and, and uh, addressing their audience on the 5th of October in Oklahoma City and, and really looking forward to uh, you know, bringing the, the messages of officer safety and wellness, but including uh, a, a big component of this summit and some of those lessons learned, uh, because I don't know that we can hear this enough. And it's very clear when you were listening to all of the presenters, including yourself, Nick, uh, you know, everybody is really behind driving these numbers down. And when you look at things that are preventable, when you look at the fact that technology is uh, you know there's emerging technology every day that is providing more safety measures more um, more opportunities for survivability um, you know we really got to get this message out and we gotta i think this was a terrific step for us to take that that first giant leap to bring these folks together and you're right that conversation is continuing and i think by having these folks together by by producing it the way that we did it and then coming out with the the summit report afterward that really brings together all of those thoughts on paper, uh, just by looking at that, especially from the, the standpoint of an, a police administrator or, or a commander or a supervisor, or even uh, somebody who's involved in training, I think we really recognize that this is one thing that, you know, complacency seems to get in the way of many, many times. And that is, uh, you know, and Gordon Graham, gave a great story uh, during his during his presentation where he talked about standing on this specific bridge for the first time as a California, young California Highway Patrol officer. And he was experiencing as trucks were going by that the bridge was moving and cars were very close and they were they were coming by at high speeds. And, you know, he sort of discussed that that fear factor that he had of being up there for the first time and maybe the second time. It was a little bit less, but still existed. But by the 50th time he was out there, um, he really sort of began to get very accustomed to being up on that highway in that one particular spot. And, uh, you know, I think that's when you, you do start to uh, let your guard down a little. Maybe you're not putting your reflective vest on. Maybe you're not using whatever, uh, whatever equipment is provided to you, whether it be uh, electronic flares or those sorts of things. And, um, this is a really terrific reminder bringing people together because so many of these things are things that we were all trained in the academy in. these are things that we know uh, are part of the tools on our tool belt however uh, we tend to not go to those because we survived it yesterday and we survived it last week so of course we're going to survive it today no that's right we, yeah that's yeah, absolutely right know, same yeah, yeah. we know same by thing looking with at those belts. numbers you're right you're right exactly yeah. we, we know by looking at those numbers that that's not a reality uh, it's a reality, I think, that we create in our own mind. But unfortunately, that uh, that also that reality that we've created allows us to keep our guard down 
And it's not until we lose one of our own and then we look at these staggering statistics that we we realize that, uh, you know, this has kind of gotten ahead of us. And these numbers have been trending in the wrong direction for a while. And by bringing people together, I think we've all had independent thought that we see these numbers going the wrong direction. But by bringing these terrific thought thought leaders together and putting them on the same stage and letting them come from their perspective and and share their experiences and their training and their and their knowledge base. Um, I think that's just a terrific step in the right direction um, to recognizing that, you know, that the complacency that is uh, well, that is unfortunately killing way too many officers. Well, and, you know, you brought up Gordon Graham and he did have a quote in there. And the, the quote was the level of risk has not changed. Acclimation to risk has. And that's part of that complacency that you're talking about. Um, and and the fact that we 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 uh, do as law enforcement officers tend to become complacent and you get caught in that that uh or cycle of of just thinking, ah, oh, it's another one of these calls, or it's another one of the, you know, I've done this before, I've done it before, it's fine, and it's fine until it's not, and exactly. and, and and that's really what the one of the other major components was this from this whole thing was, and it was mentioned by a number of the speakers was developing a culture of safety to think safety every time you go out there. I mean, and I would remind people if you didn't see the summit, um, it's available online, you can watch it, but we had the CDC presenting as well, because they're looking at this issue. You know, what mm -hmm. does that tell you, right? What does that tell you when you have all these entities coming together? It means you have a really big problem that definitely needs to be addressed. And I think the summit took the very first big step in trying to not only get everybody on the same page, but pushing out solutions, but getting everybody talking about the issue. I agree with you. And, and uh, you know, as I think back uh, to to uh, to the day, and we when we had uh, a retired Michigan State Trooper Todd Durlam there, and he was he was talking about the the uh, the tenants of below 100. But one of the things that just really resonated with me was the courageous conversations component to that, and yes. how how difficult sometimes it is to have those conversations with your coworkers, and very often they're more than coworkers. You know, they're they're almost considered a, a family member, an extension, and Sometimes having those conversations, reminding people, listen, I, you know, I, I don't want, I, you know, I'm not your supervisor, or I may be your supervisor, but I, I've noticed that you're not wearing your seatbelt. I've noticed that when you jump out at a scene, you're doing a driver side approach as opposed to a safer passenger side approach. I've noticed your soft ballistic protection is in your trunk when it should be on your body. Um, I've noticed that you are working an excessive amount of special duty jobs. Uh, and not probably getting anywhere near enough rest and you're coming to work, you know, at half at half speed. So I, I think it's difficult. And, and having been a supervisor um, in the field as well, sometimes those conversations are difficult. You know, accountability is rough and and it's tough to, to find the proper words sometimes to approach your coworker and say, I care. I care enough that I'm coming to you and, and you know, please don't hold this against me. But those courageous conversations need to happen. And they yep. need to happen on a regular basis. And I don't think yep. that they happen enough. I think, you know, we all sort of, uh, you know, that really falls into, again, that complacency piece. And, you know, you're doing it uh, at, at half speed and I'm doing it at half speed and it, and it seems to be working, but uh, it always works until it doesn't. And, and I think that, uh, you know, we should all be mindful of that and be able to have those courageous conversations because this is really about 
uh, going home at the end of your shift, going back to the to the people that you love at home, being able to to make it through your career safely and successfully. Um, you know, and that's and I think one way to get to the to that end that end zone is to uh, is to be able to have those courageous conversations when you see your coworkers that they're maybe not they're maybe not following all the the proper safety protocols, but have that conversation because you know you don't want to you don't want to wish one day that you had had that conversation if you missed the opportunity and God forbid something were to happen to them. Yeah, and I I definitely appreciate that and agree that that you know for us as police officers. Um, and, and specifically for me in traffic safety, so much of this is within your sphere of control as opposed to rolling up onto a domestic violence call and all of a sudden the guy starts shooting you from inside, shooting at you from inside the house or someone, you know, something breaks in front of you and, you know, you don't have a chance to anticipate it tactically or whatever. But driving down the road, being on the side of the highway. You can wear your seatbelt. You can wear your visibility vest. You can position your vehicle so it doesn't run into you if it gets rear-ended. Um, you can wear your uh, uh, put out additional lights. You know, there's so many actionable items. And back to what you said at the beginning of this conversation: if it's predictable, it's preventable. And again, many of the speakers pointed out that none of this is new. This is not new, right. but we seem to have a reticence to want to take the actions that are necessary to mitigate it. And yeah, some of this is expensive. You know, when a when a ladder truck gets hit by a semi, that's expensive, but it saves lives. So, you know, it's just that I think for me, one of the reasons I gravitate towards traffic safety and I'm proud of this summit is that behind the, when you're behind the wheel, you're under control. You're under the control of that car. You can make the decision to drive safely, to remember what's important now, to have your seatbelt on. And yes, your body armor can protect you in a crash. And we gave the example of an officer who had his body armor when he was struck from the rear. And he said that lessened his injuries and protected him. And we were just down in Florida filming a trooper who was struck at a crash scene. He actually saved a man from being injured and possibly saved his life by pushing him out of the way before the car spun and hit him. And he had his body armor on. And I had asked him, I said, do you think that helped protect you? And he said, oh, you know, he said, I hadn't thought about it initially, but now that you mention it, for sure, having my vest on helped protect me from further injury. Sure it did. And, you know, I mean, really, when you look back on this summit, and and Nick, you have every reason to be proud of it because uh, you know your, your tireless work that was that went into really making that this a reality. Uh, just you know, it's amazing. I, I laud your efforts. But is is the entire summit essentially was like one big traffic safety video, right? We look yeah. at our safety messaging that we put out uh, on a very regular basis, right? Several a month going out in social media, you know, between our relationship with NHTSA and. You know, I just as each speaker was going up, I'm thinking, OK, this is this is another traffic safety video. And here comes another one. And and then uh, and then Gordon Graham is talking about his 10 top problems uh, for law enforcement traffic safety. And he, as he was going through them, all I could think about was a poster uh, that should be, you know, maybe a, above every doorway and every law enforcement agency in this country. You know, reminding people about things like fatigue and distraction and complacency and, uh, you know, entire deflation devices and speeding and all the things that that we discussed that day, uh, you know, all those key takeaways. And I just 
you know, it was it was actually just like watching a traffic video. And it's just, you know, as I look back on the on the summit report, I think it's just a terrific tool. And I and I hope it finds its way into the hands of of every law enforcement officer in this country. And they take the time to read it. It doesn't take that long. Read through it. There's going to be takeaways, I assure you. Uh, even as a retiree, for me, there were takeaways. And I look back and think, by the grace of God, go I. Because, you know, I, I was very fortunate many times where I had some close calls. Um, but, you know, the, there are, the takeaway is that uh, there are proactive steps that we can take to, uh, to, to make us more resilient, to make us safer out there. And I think, I think if, that, if that's the only takeaway, if the only takeaway is this, this summit saves one life, then it was worth its weight in gold. So I, I think uh, I think that there are a lot of people that that left with new nuggets. I think there are a lot of people that were reminded of old nuggets, and I think that those nuggets are going to be life-saving measures. Yeah, no, I agree, and that's really the whole point behind it. And it, it, I'm sure it's personal for you. It's personal for me, having been on the scene of an officer who was trapped in his vehicle. Uh, after colliding with a telephone pole, uh, and uh, he did not survive and uh, didn't have his seatbelt on. And I can't say that that would have made a difference in this particular instance because it was a very violent collision. Uh, but of course, uh, he was speeding to a call. So those are the kind of things that um, we have to um, uh, address. And, and then in another instance, uh, uh, an officer I know was uh, struck and killed when he made a traffic stop in a tunnel in DC and uh, was sideswiped by a drunk driver, killing him. So, you know, it's personal for me. And again, those instances all speak to what it is we're trying to get people to learn to avoid. And if we can't do anything but learn from the other incidents that have happened and have us look at those videos and say, okay, I don't want that to be me. And the same mm -hmm. thing with all these things that came out of the summit, you know, we can we can certainly, certainly do better. And as you mentioned, 2021 was a horrific year for struck by crashes um, with the numbers doubling from 2020. Um, and that's, you know, none of them are acceptable, but certainly when we see a huge increase like that, something has to be done. Right. I would I would direct every listener uh, to take a look at our website at NLEOMF.org and go to Officer Safety and Wellness. Read this report, watch the uh, the summit in its entirety. It's on there uh, and know that that our team is a resource for you. Uh, there's a number of different things, including other programming that we have on there, our Destination Zero programs, um, of course, Safe Leo, NHTSA, that, which is what we're discussing now. Uh, I mean, we have we have a number of projects and, of course, our our newly launched ambassador program. But go on there and take a look, um, download this report, share it with your coworkers, share it with your training officers, share it with your administrators. Um, you know, let them know that, uh, you know, that you're looking out for everybody else to have those conversations, have those courageous conversations. And, you know, remind yourself if you're going on a patrol every day. Am I using all the tools? Am I using all the training at my disposal in order to ensure that I get home safely at the end of the day? And it, you know, these things don't necessarily only apply to traffic safety. They apply to everything that you're doing out in the field. We look at the firearms numbers; they've gone up significantly. Firearm deaths in this, uh, you know, for law enforcement in this country. Are we are we doing all the things that we know to do? All the things that we've been trained to do, and all the things that we've been equipped to do. And if we're doing those things, that's fantastic. Pass that along to somebody else.
Thanks to Troy Anderson and Nick Brühl for bringing the summit to life, for your continuing efforts to further officer safety and wellness, and for stopping by the podcast studio to reflect on the challenges and opportunities of cultivating a culture of safety on the road. Thanks as well to Christopher Mitchell, our manager of digital content and strategy for producing today's episode. And many thanks to you for listening to this episode of Lifeline, a Precinct 444 podcast from the National Law Enforcement Museum. We hope you enjoyed this episode and this three-part series and will join us again for more content from Lifeline. Please subscribe to Precinct 444 on your favorite podcasting platform to stay connected and to receive our latest content as soon as it drops. And we would love to hear from you. Send in your questions, comments, and feedback to precinct444 at nleomf.org. You can help us make our content even better. The National Law Enforcement Museum is located at 444 East Street Northwest in Washington, D.C., and is dedicated to telling the story of American law enforcement. We expand and enrich the relationship between law enforcement and the community through educational journeys, immersive exhibitions, and insightful programs. Find us online at lawenforcementmuseum.org. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you at the precinct.